Welcome to the Making Artists podcast, where artists learn how to stop starving, struggling, and aspiring, and instead, start making. You don't need a fine arts degree, a trust fund, or a more supportive family to be a successful artist. You just need to let your creativity lead you all the way to the top. I am fellow artist and professional certified coach, Nancy Sun, and I teach artists just like you how to make art, money, and an impact without giving up or burning out. Listen to learn how. Hey artists, this is it. This is the final episode of the first season of the Making Artists podcast. And I want to begin with a big thank you. A big thank you for listening, for showing up for yourself, your art, for your dream life, for your audience who is waiting eagerly to be transformed by the art you are going to put out. And thank you for me and from me as host. I know you could have spent time with anyone else in your ear for this episode, any episode, and the entire season. And you chose me. Thank you. Especially since I got so much value out of creating this podcast for you. You, alongside the artists I support as a one-on-one coach and in my group coaching program, the Making Artists Mastermind, have held me accountable to distilling what I have learned as an artist and as a coach so that I can be an even better artist and an even better coach. You have challenged me to communicate more simply and clearly about my coaching framework and philosophy so that all of the artists I support, including you, can get the results you want faster, more easily, and more enjoyably. Now, the good news is I am planning to have another season I have already hired podcast launch. I have already hired podcast launch bestie to produce my second season in 2023. And now, because I am going on sabbatical, I don't have a premiere date for this season, too. But if you want to be in the know and connected in the meantime, please visit www.makingartists.com podcast.com. That's making artists, plural with an S, podcast.com. Link available in the show notes. Right now, that page is currently set up so that you can sign up for my VIP list. In doing so, you will automatically be subscribed to receive my weekly newsletter, and you will get early access to any opportunities for us to coach together in case you want to take some of what you are already learning and deepen your integration. If you are looking for other ways to stay in touch, you can always follow me on Instagram at the Nancy Sun. Link will also be available in the show notes. I plan to share what my life looks like and what my creative process is like while in process So in case you want any micro doses of inspiration and motivation from me as coach or as 
creative pace car or creative role model, I encourage you to visit me there. And my DMs are open. So if there's anything that you want to share about your process, what you're going through, or what you'd like to hear more of on the podcast, feel free to communicate with me there. So what will this final episode be about? In this particular episode, I am going to share with you the lessons I have received on how to be a human, how to be an artist, and how to treat my art that I have learned from being a parent, from being a mother, from raising another human being, and watching another human being go after big goals and big milestones. I'm talking specifically about my son trying to do things that a lot of us adult humans take for granted, but are no easy tasks. And I hope that these lessons will inspire you to treat yourself differently, to treat your creativity and creative process differently, and to treat your art differently so that you can have all of what you want and you can leave the rest. Now, this particular episode not is might be inspired by my time as a parent, but I am bringing it specifically to this podcast because I have seen the difference sharing these lessons have made with my clients. So with the artists, for instance, in my group coaching program, me demonstrating these parallels has caused light bulbs to go on in their brains and for them to think differently about themselves and about their art. So I understand that this is not something that I want to keep to myself. This is actually something I want to give to you so that you can experience the same transformation that my clients get from working together. And what my clients have created has been freaking amazing. So now that I think about it, I actually want to spend a few moments simply celebrating their success so that you know it's possible for you too. So without further ado, here is a lightning round list and a non-exhaustive list of all the milestones my artists have hit in the Making Artists Mastermind. Three performers have booked shows and performances, including one booking their first union gig and are now able to enter the Actors' Equity Association. One successfully wrote, produced, and acted in her first short film, which also exceeded its crowdfunding goal. One got unstuck and is writing her magnum opus, a book that has been in her brain for years, and it means working on something that is close to her heart, her life experience, and has never been written about before. Another is up-leveling their acting marketing materials, including their headshots 
and is in pre-production for three scenes they wrote for their demo reel. He also recently finished post-production on a short film that he directed. So I want you to hear that it's possible to be a multi-hyphenate and a multi-passionate artist. Two have gotten the most auditions they have ever had in recent memory, whether it's since they graduated from acting school or during all of the post-pandemic season including one is learning specifically how she auditions and how to bring her badass self to all areas of her life. One has pitched and gotten editorial interest for the kind of writing she wants to be doing and the kind of bylines she wants to be getting in print. One left a toxic work environment and has experienced their first one month plus being a full-time creative. One has signed with a voiceover agent and started receiving agent auditions, all while learning how to trust themselves better, trust the journey better, trust other people and the universe better, all while recovering from burnout, letting themselves have the human emotional experience, and being on the roller coaster ride of pursuing their dreams. I share all of these to support you thinking big, daydreaming about what it is you want to accomplish in 2023. These are all milestones that other creative humans have hit in, I wanna say, three to four months. So, what can you do in three times? the amount of time. What can you do in a year? What do you want to do in a year? And now to support you starting the year on the right foot, I am going to give you my equivalent of Beyonce's Drop of Renaissance or Taylor Swift's Drop of Midnights. It is a handful of mindset lessons I have learned from observing my child learn to walk and that I've already shared with the creative humans in my paid coaching practice and I am sharing with you now in this episode. Now, the difference between what they received in coaching together and what you are receiving now is that they got these lessons in real time. They got these lessons as I discovered them as a coach and as an artist and I gave it to them as they needed each lesson on their creative journey. So while you are going to get all of these lessons at once here, that also means you have to be responsible for remembering these lessons, circling back to them, and applying them. And I want to invite you to use the same resourcefulness that had you discover this podcast and listen to this episode and channel that into applying the lessons from this podcast and from this episode. Now, as a parent, there are so many lessons I learned from witnessing my child grow himself up. And for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to simply focus on what I learned 
from witnessing him learn how to walk. And specifically starting with tummy time. So I've talked about tummy time a lot with my clients. And for those uh, humans who aren't parents or are unfamiliar with the concept of tummy time, it is something that parents in the West, parents in America are encouraged to have their infants do as uh, the first step to learning how to walk. Because by placing your child on their tummy, they start to use their abs, they start to practice controlling their head, and it's considered a first step on the journey to sitting, to standing, and to walking. So these lessons are simply going to be the lessons I've watched and gotten from seeing my child evolve from being a newborn who could not tolerate even 30 seconds of tummy time to now, almost 10 months later, starting to stand on his own. He hit this milestone for the first time yesterday when he tried to grab a snack from my hand and in doing so released his hands from the cabinet that he was holding on to. So the first thing I learned from witnessing my child begin his walking journey is you don't need to know the how. You don't need to know the how in order to begin and you don't need to know the how in order to get there. You don't even necessarily need to know exactly where you're going or where this journey leads in order to quite literally start taking a step. And I say this because I see a lot of adult humans who spend a lot of time researching the how. They Wikipedia the how, they go to YouTube college, Google University, before they even allow themselves 30 seconds on their tummy. And I want you to consider that one of the best teachers will simply be experience. And when you allow yourself to spend 30 seconds on your tummy, your intuition might lead you to what the next natural right step is on your creative journey. The second lesson I learned from witnessing my child go through tummy time and start to walk is the value of starting from a rested and relaxed place. This is so contrary to how a lot of adults want to start pursuing goals. So in a previous episode, Fear is Fuel, I shared about how a lot of creative humans want to use fear as a motivator, how they want to be in their sympathetic nervous system, how they want to leverage their stress response, their adrenal glands, how they want to be in fight, flight, or freeze mode as a way to like overcome obstacles and get to their goal. But 
I've learned in watching a small human, the value of instead approaching your goal with a sense of play from a place of, hey, I'm safe, I'm fed, I'm rested, and I'm clean. When babies are invited to learn something new, that's the baseline experts usually invite you to operate from, is let's make sure that their physiological needs are met first, because if they're not, all the child will focus on is their hunger, or their dirty diaper, or be overtired and cranky. So I want to offer that you don't need to deprive yourself of what you need as a human in order to survive, and then use those as rewards for finally mastering a task. I want to invite you to experiment with coming from a place of having all of your needs met first so that you can be playful, be adventurous, be experimental, and take big risks because you know that you've already taken care of yourself and put your own oxygen mask on first. And of course, in the instance of a kid or a newborn, that is often what the parent is doing for or with the kid because they cannot do it themselves so that they can have this sense of space of play. The third lesson is start small. Starting small means at least you've started. And in the event that you have a few bad days or days off, that's okay. Start again and you can still continue small. So I mentioned usually the first recommendation we received was to shoot for 30 seconds of tummy time at a time with the idea, I think, to do at least two minutes of tummy time a day. And it that seems so minuscule that I as a parent was like, what difference is this making? Like, shouldn't we be aiming for bigger numbers for five minutes, for 10 minutes, for 30 minutes? And truth be told, eventually the baby will get there. But the baby cannot get to five minutes, 10 minutes, or 30 minutes of tummy time without doing 30 seconds of tummy time first. So I want you to consider as you are playing for a series regular role, or trying to write a novel, or wanting to shoot a feature film, that if you cannot get through a co-star audition, if you cannot write one page, if you cannot put together and organize a one-day shoot, that you will not get to those bigger, ambitious milestones. So to just focus on the task at hand and to check off that tiny box and knowing that you're just accumulating greater experience until one day, as I have found, suddenly you will find yourself 
at five minutes, at 10 minutes, at 30 minutes with no problem simply because you've accrued your 30-second sprints. Now, a sub-lesson of Lesson 3, Start Small, is let everything count. Now, my kid did not always enjoy tummy time, and there were different kinds of tummy time that he liked more. So, for instance, they will tell you you can do skin to skin and you can let your child lay on you and that can count as tummy time. Or you can, and this is something that my child really enjoyed, you can lay them on your arm and kind of run around the house with them so they get the experience or sensation of being Superman as opposed to just doing the old school newborn with his tummy on the floor. And it's advised to let all of the different tummy times count. It's not only tummy on the floor that counts. Try to find other ways of doing tummy time that actually will allow them to spend more time on their belly. So how can you change up your creative practice so that you'll actually do it? How can you make it fun? How can you change the environment so that it's more conducive to you? How can you make it entertaining for you? I say this because a lot of creative humans I know might have a very specific vision of what it means to be creative. They may have assigned value to a specific desk or a specific writing implement, or it only counts when I'm performing if it is actually a performance. Rehearsals in my room for an audition doesn't count. And I want you to see what happens when you let everything count. After all, you cannot show up and perform in a booked role without first perhaps rehearsing in your room for that audition. So let everything count. Lesson four is let yourself have training wheel steps. This is probably related to the let everything count sub-lesson. And what I mean by that is a lot of babies will go through intermediary steps on the way to learning how to stand and learning how to walk that as an adult, we don't need anymore. So I've witnessed my baby army crawl. I've witnessed my baby crawl on his hands and knees. And these are not skills that we as adults commonly use unless we are, I am assuming, in the military or performing one of those I don't know what they're called, like Ironman marathons, those like crazy obstacle course adult races where sometimes people will have to like crawl through mud and stuff. Anyway, now as a baby, you probably see adults just modeling walking. They probably have not seen anyone else unless they are surrounded by older babies or toddlers. They haven't seen other humans 
army crawl or crawl on their hands and knees. I share this as an important lesson because I see so many creative humans who compare where they are in process or compare where their art is in process to more successful, quote unquote, creatives and their work, which is in its finished state. So they hold incredibly high expectations for where they are and what to do next. Not knowing or ignoring that these artists that they admire likely had to go through the same training wheel steps that they are resisting. So for instance, on your way to becoming the director that you want to be, you might have to work on a few bootstrapped productions. We're going to have to take on roles of other departments simply because you don't have the budget, bandwidth, or resources to be able to outsource those responsibilities. As a writer, you might have to go through the slog of revising your shitty first draft on the way to having the printed, published, polished final draft under an experienced editor's eye that you want. As an actor who is not in the union, you might find yourself going to open call auditions or non-union equity principal auditions where you have to wait in line in the hopes of being seen and maybe not being seen at all on the way to becoming an A-list offer-only actor. And as you are building a business using your skills as a creative, you might go through the step of doing work for free or for little money just to get exposure and experience for your portfolio. You might label these training wheel steps, steps that you are going to take to just get you to the next stage of your goal and that you hope to let go of and probably never need again unless you want to do it for fun. Now, the lesson I have learned from watching my kid is can you let yourself have these training wheel steps without judgment, just trusting it as a part of your journey and evolution and not making it mean anything about you that you didn't go directly from sitting to standing to walking and that you needed to army crawl, that you needed to crawl on your hands and knees as stepping stones onto what it is you wanted to do, perhaps, which is walk, then run, and I'm going to assume that my kid is going to be a mini scooter kid. Another lesson I learned from watching my kid learn to walk is to allow progress not to be linear. So one milestone on the way to walking is rolling over. Learning to roll over from your tummy to your back and from your back to your tummy. Now, my baby 
and I've heard of other babies, had a wild fluke moment very early on, I want to say three to four months, where he did what people would consider the harder task of rolling from his tummy to his back. And then for several weeks or months afterward, never did it again. Now, I know a lot of adult humans who, as soon as they hit a milestone, they would never allow themselves to quote unquote go backwards. Them hitting the milestone would suddenly become the new baseline and they would expect themselves to operate and succeed from that new place. And that's not what my baby did. And that's not what my baby does. Sometimes he hits a milestone, but he still finds a lot of joy and comfort in doing what he always does. So he just gives himself the grace to crawl around if he likes, to army crawl if he likes, and just as he becomes more skillful, he just gradually allows himself to let go of the previous intermediary step. But he does so without judgment, without even awareness, right, that he should or could be judging himself. And I say that just because from a developmental standpoint, he doesn't have uh, the fully formed prefrontal cortex that would allow him to second guess, judge, set these kind of expectations of himself. He's just intuitively very gracious impulsive and allows himself to follow the fun. So my invitation to you as an artist is can you let yourself follow the fun too, as opposed to forcing yourself to always be productive, always be optimizing, always be leveling up and insisting on positive, direct, and linear progress. And riffing on that note of the awareness that babies do not have a fully formed prefrontal cortex in which to question themselves or judge themselves, uh, riffing off of the previous podcast on the self-worth myth, you might not need to believe in your self-worth or believe you're good enough in order to start going after your goal. Simply because I don't think my kid ponders these big existential questions as a prerequisite to just follow the fun or to just allow himself to play, discover, explore, and continue to evolve as a human. Now, I know that there are actually many more lessons and that this just barely touches the tip of the iceberg of what I can be sharing. But I also don't want to overwhelm you and I'll trust that there are going to be more podcast episodes in the future. So I'm just going to spend some time 
recapping some things that you can borrow from tummy time and use in your own creative practice. And that is, one, you don't need to know the how in order to begin. You don't even need to know the how in order to finish. Another lesson, get all of your physiological needs met first so that you can approach your goal with a sense of play. Fear as fuel is optional. Three, start small. You can't go after your big goals without hitting certain mini milestones first. So let everything count. Give yourself permission to have intermediary training wheel steps that you will graduate from, but you might need just to get to the next mini milestone. And allow your progress and allow your journey not to be linear. Allow yourself room to play, explore, enjoy, because it's much more likely that when the journey is fun, the journey will be much more sustainable and you will see your goal, your life, your dream through to the finish line. And finally, you don't need to question, determine, and believe you are worthy with a capital W or good enough with a capital G and E before you begin. You might just need to accept your impulses and intuition and then just follow the fun. All right, my artists, those are going to be my lessons from tummy time from parenthood for today. I hope they give you enough to marinate on and enough to experiment with as you approach 2023 with a different mindset. In the event that you benefited from this season, I encourage you to tell five other artists who might also benefit from these lessons, perhaps even forming a community, finding peers, so that you can also go faster, farther together while I am on sabbatical. Until next time, I'll see you in the happy new year. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Making Artists podcast. Ready to start making art, making money, and making an impact? Visit makingartistspodcast.com. That's www.makingartists, plural with an S, podcast.com. Link available in the show notes. You can also stay in touch with me on Instagram. Just follow at the Nancy Sun on IG. I so look forward to the art and the life you make. Until next time.